Welcome to the Foundations Church Podcast, where we exist to make Jesus famous. We hope this message is life-giving, encouraging, and challenges you in your walk with Christ. Today we're in our series called I've Got Issues. I got issues. And I am ready for this series to be done because I've had to be really transparent. Um, It's been really hard to prepare these messages because I'm trying to work through it all um, and apply it to myself. So I'm getting my outline to Seth late. Um, And it's just been a whole, whole thing. And today, this series has been about, we all have issues like, if you think you're going to arrive and be at a place in life that you don't have issues, then that's, you're just fooling yourself. But how do you and I not allow our issues to affect us? How do you and I not allow our issues to derail us from God's purpose and his calling on my life and your life? And today I want to talk to you about comparing and competing, Comparing and competing, yeah. And I wanna talk to you about crowns and Jeeps. And before we get going, here's what I need to tell you. Here's what I need to tell you. Many of you are gonna hate the way I say crayons. Um, But if you go back to the original Greek, it's actually pronounced crown. So we're just gonna go with it. I grew up saying crowns, um, and so I could try crayons, um, but crayons, I can't do it without being nasally, and I sound like a snob. So crowns, blue collar, baby, crowns. How many of you, you're a competitive person? Be honest, you're in good company, right? Right, right. We're competitive. This is is who we are, a lot of us. Um, A lot of us, it is our national pastime to go and compare, right? Um, This is what we do. It is like one of our, honestly, if you think about it, it's one of our nation's most favorite pastime to compare with one another. For example, Parade of Homes. Some of you are like, guilty, right? You go to all, they don't take you to a 500 square foot house, right? And like, oh, look at this, right? No, 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 they're taking you to mansions and big, massive houses. And when you walk in, you're like, oh, wow, look at how high these ceilings are. I wish my ceilings were this high. Man, look at the quartz countertop. I wish we had quartz, right? Look at that backyard, look at that. And you're comparing what you have to what nobody has, Right, and we start comparing it. Car shows, guys. Oh, dude, I wish I had that car, but I got this car instead. If a truck drives up next to my truck, you know what I'm constantly doing? Is my truck nicer? Do I have a better, better wheels and better tires on my truck, or do they? And it's this comparing and competing. Um, if you have children and you play board games with children, I'm going to tell you we've had baby dedications. It is your duty as a parent to teach them how to lose, right? Like, don't let your kid win everything. If you play sorry, sorry their butt right off that board. Don't be like, well, let you go. No, you won't. That's not how life works. Sorry there, but you play Monopoly, you foreclose on those properties. Give me that money. Hard knocks, baby. Why? We're competitive. 
go to the gym. You sizing other guys up, right? Like you, they walk in and you're like, man, I wish I had yoga pants like that. Do I look like that in my yoga pants? And I'm still talking about the men, right? Like it's, it's one of these things. I wish I was teasing, um, but it's where we are. We, I, I wish my hair looked like that. I wish I had skin complexion like they have skin complexion. I wish I could do the trips that they do. And we, we compare our real life to other people's highlights and I'm guilty, and you're guilty, and what happens is we realize we got issues. And I gotta tell you, honestly, I have issues with this. There's moments I'm good, and there's moments I struggle with it. And where I struggle is I will compare my preaching style to other preachers, right? And so as a result, I don't listen to a lot of preachers. I don't, I don't listen to a lot of podcasts because I will start comparing instantly. I'll start competing. Oh, I'm a better preacher than him. Shut up. No, you're not. And here's what starts to happen. Out of, this is birth out of competing and comparing what happens and what is a result is we start criticizing. And we got issues, some of us criticizing everybody else that's doing the same thing. We, well, they don't do it as good as me. Why, why do you think that? Because you're busy comparing. You're busy competing. And as a result, it's just a matter of time until you criticize. So what do we do? The good news is today I have two points. The bad news is I got a lot of sub points. So... Um, <laughs> I love the quote by Teddy Roosevelt, and he says this, comparison is the thief of joy. And can I tell you, that is so true. There's some of us that we have no joy in our life because all we're doing is comparing what others have and what we don't have, right? Where we're competing against people that are doing it bigger and better than us, and we are comparing, and in the midst of comparing, we're not happy, we're not fulfilled, and our life lacks joy. And I love what Ecclesiastes says. It says, enjoy what you have rather than desiring what you don't have. Just dreaming about nice things is meaningless, like chasing the wind. Just enjoy what you have rather than desiring what you don't have. Because if you start desiring what you don't have, it's like you trying to catch it. You can't do it. You're never going to get to a point where that becomes your reality. So today I want to give us one thing that we've got to stop doing and one thing we've got to start doing. One thing we've got to stop doing and one thing that we've got to start doing. And our first point today is this. If you're going to be a content person, you have to stop competing and comparing. If you're going to be a person that is full of contentment, you have got to stop competing and comparing. Here's what I will tell you. When you dare to compare, some of us, we're treating our life like it's a car salesman, right? Like, dare to compare. But when you dare to compare, here's what I will tell you. You lose and the person you're comparing with loses as well. Because what happens when you're comparing your life to your friend's life, your life to your coworker's life, your life to your sibling's life. Some of us, we're in our 20s and our 30s and we expect to have what our parents have and they're in their 60s and 70s. Shut up, you dumb, stupid, little spoiled brat, right? Like, like they're 50 years older than you. They've been rolling a long time. Like no way your life should look anything like that. But we think it and we compete it and we compare it and we're like, but, 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 and here's what happens. Everybody loses because they're losing out on the friend you should be because you're busy competing 
and comparing. So two things, if we're gonna stop competing and comparing. The first thing is this, understand life isn't fair. Life isn't fair, thank God. Right, thank, thank God life isn't fair. You do you, and realize it's not your job to make sure everything is fair. Can I tell you, for every single one of us here, God has been way better to me than I deserve. Right, God has been way better to you than you deserve. It's not fair. And thankful, thank God it's not fair. Thank God my life, it's not fair that Jesus Christ paid a debt he didn't know. It's not fair that God had to send his one and only begotten son to die on a cross for your sin and my sin and all of mankind's sin when he did nothing wrong. And yet he sent his son and Jesus laid down his life and he was crucified on a cross and he rose from the dead three days later that brought the forgiveness and the restoration of my life and your life. Life's not fair. Thank God life is not fair. If God doesn't do one more thing for you, he's already done way too much, right? Life is not fair. Thank God. And the moment you and I understand that we aren't the fair police to make sure that everything is fair, the better our life is going to be. John 21, verse 20 through 22. I love this passage of scripture. Let me set it up for you for just a second. Peter, the apostle Peter, has... um, been following Jesus, and before Jesus is arrested by the Roman government, he goes to Peter, and he's like, Peter, you're gonna deny me three times. And Peter's like, uh-uh, liar, right? Like, he's like, no, I'm not. Jesus, you're missing it, right? That's like Casey when she makes chocolate chip cookies, and she's like, don't eat any cookie dough. I'm like, I won't eat any cookie dough, and I'm three spoons in later, right? Like, like it's, it, nah, that's not gonna happen. And Jesus, you know the story. Peter has denied Jesus three times, And Jesus comes to this place right before the scripture we're getting ready to read, and he restores, reinstates Peter, right? He's like, hey, feed my sheep, feed my sheep. You know, do you love me? Feed my sheep. And he says it three times, and Peter knows what's going on, that there's not just a coincidence that Jesus is saying this three times. And Peter should have all this thankfulness, all this appreciation for what has happened and what has occurred. But here's what Peter does. Peter is my man, right? I get it. Verse 20, Jesus just told Peter how he's gonna die and Peter turned around and saw behind them the disciple Jesus loved, who's John, who wrote this book. (laughs) The one who leaned over to Jesus during the supper and asked, Lord, who will betray you? And Peter asked Jesus, what about him, Lord? I'm gonna die this death, but, but what about my buddy John? And I love Jesus' reply. Jesus replied, if I want him to remain alive until I return, what is that to you? As for you, follow me. Peter's going, whoa, 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 but wait, God. Right, what about my, what about my buddy's life? Like, are, are you gonna do the same thing? Is it gonna be fair? Is he gonna die the same death? Is his calling the same? Is, his, is the blessings that you're doing in my life and his life the same? Nope. And what business is that of yours? Your job is just to shut up and follow me, right? Like that's what Jesus is saying. Like your job is just to be obedient and follow me. And don't we do this? Oh, but, but we start looking at other people's lives and we're like, but, but, but God, when am I gonna get that house? Right, because we're the same stage, they got the same history, went to the same school, what, what about, when am I gonna meet my man, and when am I gonna meet my woman, right? Like, when are you gonna send that person, when am I gonna get asked on a freaking date, God? Like, when, when am I gonna get to go on that vacation? 
What, what, what about this isn't, this isn't, this isn't fair? And hear me, life isn't fair, thank God. And your job isn't to get caught up with who's and what is fair. Your job is just to focus in on what God is calling you to do and to follow after him. And here's what happens. When we start focusing in on what God is calling us to do and focus on following him, we stop competing, we stop comparing, and we start following, and we start staying obedient. And you know what happens? We start cheering others on. Because there's an overflow and there's a blessing that comes from no other thing than just being obedient. Galatians chapter six, verse four through five says this. Don't compare yourself with others. Just look at your own work to see if you've done anything to be proud of. You must each accept the responsibilities that are yours. Don't compare yourself with others. And this is hard for me. Right, and I will give you another thing to do. Be happy with your gifts and use them well. Right, stop comparing the gifts you have to the gifts other people have and use your gifts that God has blessed and placed in your life and use them well. Growing up, um, there were a few ways you knew if kids were rich, right? There were a few flexes that kids could do in the neighborhood. Even if you guys lived in the same neighborhood, there were a few things you understood. Okay, they're a rich kid, right? And probably the most obvious was if you ever owned a power wheel, can I tell you, you are a rich kid, right? I grew up with a big wheel, not a power wheel. And like kids would roll around in their chips or their Dukes of Hazard or their Bigfoot big wheel. And I was like, you are rich, and all the people that have a, big, a power wheel right now, you're going, I wasn't rich. All the rich kids always say, I'm not rich. You're rich, right? But the second biggest flex happened in first grade. First grade, I'm in Miss McDonald's class, Bovers, Beavers, Union Elementary School, sitting there. Miss McDonald is my teacher and my buddy, Kevin Riley. We're on the same baseball team. He lives in the same neighborhood as me. We were in the same kindergarten together. We're in the same class together. He walks in, I walk in. We both got our backpacks. I've got, he's got a Star Wars backpack. I've got a Dukes of Hazard backpack. Come on, somebody, right? Like Bo and Luke Duke with the General Lee. I tried to get the one with Daisy Duke, but my mama wouldn't let me, but... And I, I, I get there and I'm like, Kevin, you gotta see what I got today, right? And I pulled out my box of crowns. And the big thing for me was, this was a 24 count. It wasn't the 12 count. Like, it was, it was the 24 count, and, and they're new. They're not like my sister hand-me-downs, right? Like, some of you, that's what your whole life was. You got the hand-me-down crowns, and it was a box of just crappy crowns, right? Um, these are all new, all fresh. I'm like, dude, do you see this, Kevin? He's like, well, check this out. And Kevin, Kevin pulls this monstrosity out. <laughs> and you know, exactly, like, like, I was like, when did you get rich, Kevin? <laughs> Kevin's like, man, we had a good summer. I'm like, you got a pool probably now too, don't you, right? And first grade, I'm going, it must be nice, Kevin, right? Like, I'm just like, <laughs> he, I mean, they, they just are there laid out in, in different you know, aisles, you can see them. This is chaos. It's like looking for something at like, Costco or something like that, like it's just in there. Like, good luck finding the right crown and it not going up your fingernail, right? And the cat's meow is the sharpener on the back. 
Can we just be honest? I never, ever, ever had any crowns like this until I just bought them. And when I bought them, my daughters were like, did you buy the one with the sharpener? I'm like, yeah, I did, we're rich, right? Like, I'm like, yeah, heck yes. And you know what happened? I went from being happy as could be about these crowns to being upset because my crowns weren't as good as Kevin's crowns. And I threw my crowns back in my stupid backpack and everything was dumb. And I'm mad at Kevin, mad at my parents. Right, like, how, how could I? Kevin's all of a sudden in the cool group, right? Like, it's first grade, and all everybody wants Kevin to sit around. Kevin, can I sit by you? Kevin, can I sit by you? Shut up. <laughs> and it took me a while to realize, you know what? These crowns, even though they're everywhere, that's what happens when you have poor people crowns. They just go everywhere. <laughs> Can't have anything nice, right? It's not fair. <laughs> These crowns? still can do some good stuff, right? Oh, it may not be Kevin's crowns, but these crowns can still accomplish a lot of great things. And here's what I would tell you, is that there are always gonna be people who have more crowns in their boxes. There's gonna be people that have abilities and talents that you don't have, but the abilities and talents that God has placed in your life and put in your life can accomplish great things for others in his kingdom if you will let them, right? But as long as you're busy comparing your crowns and your talents and your gifts to other people, what happens is we stop using it and we sulk and we pout and we become like I did in the first grade and be like, but I can't sing like Shannon. I can't even play a freaking instrument, right? All I can do is what you're seeing right now. I can't do a video. I can't do anything. I can't do kids ministry. I scare them all the time, right? Like I'm like, okay, this is me. This is my lane. And, and I could sulk about it or I could use what God has given me for his kingdom and for other people. And God has placed gifts in your life to, to serve other people in his kingdom. But the question is, are you using the gifts that he's placed in your life? Or are you busy comparing and competing saying that's not fair. Are you using your gifts? First Peter 4, chapter, 10, um, chapter 4, verse 10 says this, God has given each of you a gift from his great variety of spiritual gifts. Use them well to serve one another. And are you using your gifts well? Are you truly using what God has placed and put in your life, and are you using them well, or are you busy comparing, competing, and complaining? Because he's put something uniquely that's just for you in your life. Your story is your story that he is writing. Are you allowing God to continue to write his story, or have you taken the pen and trying to take over? He wants to write his story on your life and he wants to use the gifts that he has placed in your life, but you gotta realize the gifts that you have can be used, but are you using them well? So we gotta stop doing these things and we gotta start doing something else. And it's our second point. We've gotta be thankful for what God is doing in our life and celebrate what he's doing in others' lives. We've gotta, we've gotta appreciate and be thankful for what God is doing in our life and celebrate what he is doing in others. Can you imagine what the world would sound like, look like, and be like if we cheered and celebrated others as much as we criticized others? Just, just imagine 
what this, imagine what the church would be like if when people are coming in, they're being celebrated and they're being cheered and they don't have to hide that they got a new truck. They don't have to hide that they went on vacation. They don't have to feel guilty that they got a new house. They don't have, but we're cheering and we're celebrating and we're celebrating other kids' successes and we're not jealous because our kid can barely color within the lines. We're like, man, look at your kid. They're doing awesome. They're doing great. You and I are called to celebrate one another, to cheer one another on instead of criticizing one another and if we could do this and if we can get this down, can I tell you the church would be a contagious place that people can't get enough of. We're called to cheer and celebrate one another, not to criticize one another. First Timothy chapter six, verse six through eight says this, yet true godliness with contentment is itself great wealth. After all, we brought nothing with us when we came into the world and we can't take anything with us when we leave it. So if we have enough food and clothing, let us be content. True godliness with contentment is itself great wealth. And here's what I have found out big time in my life. That it's really hard to complain about others if you're busy cheering for them instead. It's really hard to criticize and complain about others if you're instead busy cheering for them. You're busy celebrating them. When I learned to be happy for my friend Kevin Riley, right? When I learned to be happy for his 64 count color box and his sharpener, you know what started happening? I didn't have the red brick red. I didn't have the lime color crown in my, my box, but Kevin did. And he, amazing thing happened when I started being happy for him, not happy so I could get to his crowns, he started letting me use them. You know what Kevin even did? He let me use his sharpener. What? I had sharp crowns all the time, fool, right? Like, and man, when we can learn this, when we can learn to celebrate one another, amazing things happen. I was, I was in first grade and I started getting, well, it must be nice, right? Must be nice to have a 64 pack of crowns. Must be nice to be able to have all the paper and the backpacks that you have, and you probably have all the Star Wars figures now, Kevin Riley, right? Like, it, it must be nice. And what I've noticed is that our box of crowns have just gotten more expensive as we've gotten older. Oh, it must be nice to be able to go on that vacation. It must be nice to be able to drive that, to live there, to do that, to have that family, to have that marriage, to go on that date. And here's what I would say. We think we know everything, but you don't know what you don't know. You don't know what's going on in their life. You don't know what's going on behind the highlights with their real life. And life is way better lived out for you and for me and for others when we celebrate one another and we cheer one another on and we're hoping for the best things instead of just the same things, right? It's way better for your siblings. Some of you, you are so caught up making sure mom and dad keep it fair with your siblings that there's no way anybody can win. Stop comparing and stop competing and just cheer one another on and be okay if they get a little extra candy at Halloween time and you're 35 years old still getting mad about it right? You and I have to come to a place where we can do this, where we learn to admire without having to acquire, right? We've got, we got to come to a place where we can learn to admire without having to acquire. Can I tell you the best boat there is, is your buddy's boat. The best beach house there is, is your buddy's beach house, 
the best vacation that you go on is the vacation your friend pays for you to go on, right? Hallelujah. Like, come on. Like, the bet, when you learn to admire without having to acquire, life is really, really fun. This past few weeks, um, I, my truck has been in the shop for about a month. It'll be a month on Monday, and they're having to fix some things on it, and in the process, we've been trying to juggle around cars and juggle around cars, and my friend Aaron Renfro said, hey, I've got a Jeep you can borrow. Um, it's old, it's a stick shift, um, but, but you're more than welcome to it if you want. And so for the last few weeks, I've been driving around in this, and um, it is not the nicest, if you can throw that up there, it's not the nicest Jeep by any means. Um, let, let, me, let me explain this to you. I barely fit in it. I feel like a clown in a go-kart. Um, that I'm not making this stuff up. It has no license plate tag. It, you have to bungee the door shut because it will not shut anymore on its own. And it is absolutely awesome. Um, it is the funnest thing I have driven in years. And when I got into this thing, I didn't call Aaron and say, man, it must be nice to be able to have a truck and a Jeep, right? Like, you just got play money. It must be nice. It must be great. I wish I did. I didn't go out and say, hey, now I need one of these Jeeps just like it. No, no, no. You know what I did? I called Aaron and I said, hey, Aaron, thank you for letting me drive your Jeep. This is awesome. This is a blast. And I want to be able to drive it in the fall when it's not 105 degrees. I loved it, and I love it, and it's fun, and I get to cheer him on, and I get to enjoy my buddy's Jeep that's not mine, right? And you know what that does? That enriches Aaron's life because he knows there's somebody not jealous, not trying to compete, not trying to compare, but celebrating what God is doing in his life. And in 1 Thessalonians 5.11, it says this, so encourage each other and build each other up just as you are already doing in Foundation Church, you're doing a great job at this, some of you. Let's do a better job of it. Let's build one another up. Let's encourage one another because life is way better, is lived out in a way better way when you and I are cheering for one another, we're celebrating one another instead of comparing with one another and competing with one another. You're never gonna come to a place as long as you let the issues of competing and comparing derail you and affect you. You're never gonna come to a place where you have true, deep, meaningful relationships. You're never gonna come to a place where you're full of joy no matter you've learned. Like Paul says, I've learned to be content whatever my situation, whether I have much or little. How do you get there? You stop comparing your life. You stop competing with everybody that you're around and you learn to be thankful for what God is doing in your life through your life, and you learn to cheer one another on because that is a way better way for you to live your life. I leave you with this. It's found in Matthew chapter 5, verse 5. It's a message translation. It says this, you're blessed when you're content with just who you are. No more, no less. That's the moment you find yourselves proud owners of everything that can't be bought. And if you want to live a blessed life, you've got to learn to come to a place where you're content with what God's doing in your life. I'm not gonna focus on what God's doing in my dad's life as much. I'm not gonna be so nosy that I'm worried about what he's doing in Nate's life or Chad Craig's life or John Odom's life or Jeff Wagner's life, but I'm content when I am, I'm blessed when I'm content with just who I am, no more, no less. That's the moment I'm a proud owner of everything that can't be bought. It's the moment your life and my life's full of joy full of contentment.
And godliness with contentment makes you rich. That's an awesome place to come to. Let's pray today. Lord, we love you and we thank you for today. Lord, I know this issue is not an issue that I'm alone in. We're cultured that our favorite pastime is to compare and compete. We're cultured that is constantly trying to make sure everything is fair. But Lord, thank you for not being a fair God. Thank you for doing way more for us than we ever deserved. And Lord, I pray today that our eyes, our eyes are not supposed to be focused on one another. Our eyes are supposed to be focused on you. Paul said that I run with purpose in every step. You can't run with purpose in every step if you're looking around, if you're just trying to keep up with other people. But I run with purpose when I just stay in my lane and I run the race you've called me to run. And so, Lord, I pray for some of us that we would get back engaged in the race you've called us to run. That we wouldn't look to the left and we wouldn't look to the right and we wouldn't try to keep up with other people and compare with other people and compete with other people, but instead, we would arrive at a place where we are cheering and we are celebrating other people. That we are encouraging one another, cheering one another on. Because it's really hard to criticize while you're cheering. And so, Lord, I pray, move in us. Let there be a shift that happens in our attitudes, in our minds, in our speech, in our thought life. Let us take captive every thought and make it submissive to you and your kingdom. So that our lives can come to this place that you promised, that you came, that we may have life and have it to the full. Some of us, we don't realize the fullness of our life because we're busy comparing it. And let us, man, just keep our eyes focused on you so that we can live this full life that you've called us to. It's in Jesus' wonderful name I pray. We hope that you enjoyed this message. If you have any questions or want to reach out to us, you can email us at info at foundationschurch.tv or visit our website at foundationschurch.tv.